Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swamp Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Well, I'm good. I haven't removed any other large bodies of hair on my on my body. Excellent news, mate. That's good, good news. Um, uh, but how are you dealing with the heat? Yeah, it's a bit sweaty. (laughs) Yeah, I've stopped taking my caffeine tablets. I'm taking loads of magnesium. Apparently that helps improve circulation and body temperature regulation. But I'm still busting through shirts. Yeah. I'm I'm a a two-shirt-a-day man right now. Well, it's a good job you've got that excellent COVID-19 t-shirt, pile drive COVID-19, available from WrestleTalkMatch.com. Where's that from again, Luke? Oh, sorry. I, I don't know if I broke up a little bit there. That's WrestleTalkMerch.com. You said WrestleTalkMerch.com. That, that is correct. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, you just write that down if you've got time. WrestleTalkMerch.com. I, I think we should do a parody advert for WrestleTalkMerch.com <laughs> where we honestly just say, go back and forth, WrestleTalkMerch.com for about <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> Have you seen well, They Came Together? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's it? Um, you can say that again. Yeah, yeah and they just they just do that for about three minutes. <laughs> I was going to say you could do it almost like the um the Budweiser What's Up commercial, but you just go WrestleTalkMatch.com. WrestleTalkMatch.com. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Thanks, man. You seen they brought that back? Have they? Yeah, dilly yeah. dilly. I thought it was all dilly dilly now. No, Bud uh, Bud have brought the What's Up advert back about sort of you know, staying in quarantine and people are using their phones to contact each other. But it's quite video sp- call now. Well, no, it's, it's still on the phone. Like the guy is still, it's the almost the exact same shots. Um, but now they've just got like nice new laptops and mobile phones as opposed to landlines. I miss audio calls. <laughs> it's all, I have to like make sure I've got a top on. <laughs> I have to make sure that the kitchen's tidy. 
Oh dear, what a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's dive into the show because we've got a few mailbags we want to read out as well. So we'll get into those in the outro portion of this show. Big, big news to talk about coming out of AEW. Cracking show this, but major stars returned and there might have been a few injuries that could affect Double or Nothing this coming Saturday. Here is the show. The, the injuries that seem to happen on this go home episode you know mm. a lot of they've shot so much tv recently aw in lockdown and batch tapings and you know last week's episode was taped the week before of the back of a live episode this was only the second live episode they've done in about two months it's the one leading directly into their pay-per-view and both Britt baker and ray phoenix took some nasty bumps. Uh, Britt Baker seems to be a lot more serious, although Ray Phoenix's was, in his own way, a lot more spectacular, although he did seem to walk off kind of unscathed. Well, yeah, JR said that he walked to the back under his own power, so that's at least something. But yeah, essentially what he did is, like, after the match between him and Orange Cassidy ended... Um, there was a moment when a lot of people brawled and a lot of people did dives and Phoenix went to go do his dive where he steps up onto the ropes and he does this big plancher but he didn't get a lot of distance and unfortunately like he caught everyone with his heels that's how like like shorter distance he flew and just landed with this sickening thud remember like that Kofi Kingston thud at uh, the, the Saudi show back in February yeah. It was almost like that, like that sickening, ugh, that, that dull thud sound as he hit the floor. And he just looked like every, he just hit the floor and he had this look on his face that you can't really see because he's wearing a mask. They're just like, oh, I made a mistake. Or that, <laughs> I made such a mistake. Yeah, because he put so many twists and turns in it. It wasn't just like the sort of trustful backwards dive that there must have been about, well, seven or eight people there as well. It's essentially all the participants in the casino ladder match had come down to brawl after the match. And Ray Phoenix goes to jump on them and he does a load of twists. Yeah, I think, you know, that made him travel quicker because his body's rotating in the air he picks up speed and in so doing he didn't get enough distance meaning he completely undershot a load of people and yeah it is it is no what like it wasn't the guys on the outside's fault i think they're in the right position for where (laughs) ray's gonna die from and you gotta think a mass of eight people if if you miss the mass of eight people, that's on you, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not really a situation to cast blame. It's it's a situation to say, I hope Ray is okay. Yeah, I'm really hoping Ray Phoenix is fine, particularly because he's going to be in that ladder match this coming Saturday for Double or Nothing, uh, the, the the casino ladder match that they've got. And yeah, I'm mean, I'm really hopeful that he's going to be okay for that. If he's not, then obviously you know you sit that one out. Um, but like that wasn't the only injury that's kind of cast a match in doubt. I, th- I just want to say, I think Phoenix is, if Phoenix walks to the back of his own accord, he should be fine. And I don't think we've heard any reports that it was a serious injury. I think it's, mm. so, it's just one of the things like it, it looked worse than it probably was. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm hoping we haven't heard anything else, but the Britt Baker one seemed a lot more serious. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, so this came in the heels versus faces tag match of Chris Statlander and Sheeda, the baby faces, taking on Nyla Rose and Britt Baker, those dastardly heels. And I, I thought that was a really nice bit of booking. Usually that's quite lazy, you know, just put the people in the singles matches and their respective singles matches together in a tag on the go home show. I really liked it. And I thought they built the match excellently. Every, the last couple of weeks, AEW's women's division finally feels like it's arrived mm-hmm. because that the, the characters are so fully fleshed out they're having these really fun back and forth matches you know like the second or third third best matches on the whole night and it feels like yeah there's there's a load of top characters in there and Britt baker for me is the top one i don't she does my favorite because she's just an awesome baby face she's so cool but Britt baker is the best character yeah. You know, that the character work she's done since turning heel has been spectacular. I can't say enough good things about it. So it's really, really disheartening and sad and frustrating, I guess, when Sheeda and Statlander threw Rose sort of like a Death Valley driver thing. They did this sort of, yeah, double Death Valley driver into her. Into Britt Baker, who was sitting down in the corner and Nyla, you know, landed. Not really Nyla's fault. She's being chucked. You can't really blame her for it. And uh, Britt Baker immediately sort of moves, but not in a selling way. Not in like, oh, ow, my leg. But in a sort of, what, what? And she was like a bit frozen. Um, You know, you see this when real injuries happen. It's like people seem to either just freeze like that and go, oh, crap. Or they get really angry. Like when Wade yeah. Barrett uh, tore his shoulder, I think, and he started kicking stuff. Said, Damn it, why now? I don't want to get injured. And yeah, she then sort of disappears from the match. She's been seen to at ringside by a medic. I'm like, please be a work. Please just be a heel thing to take herself out. But then no, she just walks out with the medic's help, the trainer's help. And Chris Statlander in the post-match brawl, which uh, Nyla won with a powerbomb on Sheeda, Chris Statlander didn't really know what to do because I guess she was meant to brawl with Baker to set up their pay-per-view match. That's exactly it. Yeah, Statlander gets into the ring to try and break up the the beast bomb pin that Nyla Rose got, but she was too late to get there, so Rose got the pin. But then the brawl afterwards is that Nyla has to set this table up. So Statlander just sort of, rolls out the ring again and just sort of crouches down and hides until it's time for her to do her part of the deal because yeah baker wasn't there to do the other half of it really felt like the match fell apart after the baker injury spot um and yeah you like they cut and they, they showed like medics looking to her i was really hoping that uh, it was a work but it doesn't look like that it is um someone in the chat actually uh, i did spot said that um tony shivani also said that ray phoenix is okay in the post show so, oh, um, so that so that's good news. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's looking the same for Britt Baker, which means likely her match with uh, Chris Statlander at Double or Nothing isn't going to go ahead. So yeah, that that's it's not great, which is a shame as well because I really I thought the Death Valley Driver spot into the corner was quite cool. Like I thought it mm. looked really rad. It's just unfortunately land you know given us this uh, this unfortunate injury spot, and it came off like that was the next match after the Ray Phoenix thing. Like, it was literally like they just followed on from each other. And it just, yeah, kind of sucked. Yeah, it is really unfortunate, um, especially because we were going to get two women's matches on the pay-per-view this weekend. Yeah, And and both matches I was into, I was in the Sheeda challenging for the title, and I'm really into Britt Baker just being a heel. So, yeah, yeah shame. The only sort of 
solace that I can take from this is that Baker is has been very good at using these sorts of moments in matches as part of her character. Like she used uh, the, the the nose break and like the blood pouring down her face to fuel her character further. So her getting injured by Sheeda can only fuel her character more of being like, I'm the true role model. She can't be a role model. She injured me. She put mm. me on the injured shelf. That's not that's not how a role model acts. So yeah, my only solace to take from this is that I hope that she can use this at the very least to fuel the character that she's currently been working with, which has been such a good character. Yeah, and and she's proven over the last few months that if she can't wrestle in the ring, she can definitely do some very funny skits and roast Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Schiavone. Schiavone. Uh, we'll cut the huge stars returning at the end of the show because that's where it happened in the main event if you, you don't want to wade around that long. It was the Young Bucks and the Hangman Page making their triumphant return for the go-home angle for their big stadium stampede showdown. Uh, but let's see if you've got any super chats. Only the one so far from Christian Baltimore. The only thing that would have made the Hangman Page spot better is if he won, if it, as if he ran the whole way with a beer in his hand. Yeah. Do we want to talk about uh, Hangman Page returning now? Or do you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, want yeah. I, I, I thought we could talk about it now because it was, yeah, we haven't seen Hangman Page and the Young Bucks on TV for two months. What? Two months at this point? Suddenly realized, like, you know, it's a good way to work out how long we've been in quarantine by how many Quizzlemanias we've done. Mm-hmm. And so last night was Quizzlemania 8, which means we've been doing this for eight weeks. Um, and we haven't seen the Young Bucks and Hangman Page in that time because they weren't there for the the qt marshall tapings uh at, at his place and then yeah they got to make their return here and good crikey of i missed hangman page that's the note that i made as soon as he showed up and he ran down and he started wiping people out i was like i have missed adam page really really have and it was and it was quite nice as well because we um we just passed the one year anniversary of his match with pack at WrestleGate Pro, which I was in attendance for, with oh, with that that moment. Um, so it was just like it was nice to have that and sort of relive those memories and talk to some people who were there at that time, and then watch his return here. It was just really lovely. Yeah, and it's it it's amazing and a, a testament to AEW's booking power and sort of shifting based on fan reaction. Hangman Page was pushed to the top of the company. In, you know, this time last year through to August, he was in the inaugural AEW World Title match against Chris Jericho at All Out. Something I think we can all agree on was a mistake. It didn't you know, work. Pushed way beyond his level at that point. They've taken him back to the drawing board. They've tweaked his character kind of based on that. And they've made him into the coolest mofo around. Yeah. And it just, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a story, a feud with Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, all of the inner circle, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks making a return, and Matt Hardy. Hangman Page was the missing piece for this for me. Absolutely agree. Because like Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho, you know, that that's fun. And I'm, I'm enjoying that on a superficial level, I think. I, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. But there's something about the emotion and the history, the character history with the Bucks and Omega that Hangman Page brings that levels this up to a different kind of art form. It's no longer just wrestling 
with a little bit of goofiness. It's like, oh no, this is Shakespearean level storytelling with, yeah, the best North American tag match of all time in the rearview mirror. And just that one moment, like, and they did, oh man, that's why I love this story. He made his return, looked awesome, saved the, saved the elite essentially. And he just gives this look to Matt Jackson as being like, I haven't seen you in two months, but I still don't like you. I still don't trust you. And that one look reignited the whole feud again. Hasn't been talked about in two months, but that one look that he gave, and then he walked off, walked away from the elite. And they talked about how, yeah, the inner circle did run away, but they ran away together. But the elite did not stand tall together because Hangman Page left them. And Matt Jackson looked at him being like, where are you going? Oh, I love it so much. I mean, I've missed it so badly. Yeah, and did we even talk about the how Hangman Page returned? It's <laughs> well, not just the fact that he did. So it's after the Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy main event. Matt Hardy beats Sammy Guevara, and Jericho interrupts them on the Titantron screen and says, uh, he's got Floyd, the baseball bat. And he's like, I'm going to beat up Kenny. Matt Hardy runs back up there. The Young Bucks appear away. The Young, the young Bucks, I've missed them. And then... In, in the distance, you know, this is on a football field, part yeah. of the whole stadium stampede stipulation. Way out. And I, I've, I didn't notice him until really late, but I've gone back since and you can see him almost run from the entire other end. Yeah. He's running towards it and he comes in with this clothesline. So cool. And yeah, you're right. Uh, sorry, what was your name? You're right, I Christian Baltimore. He should have had a beer in his hand. Yeah. One man could make sure it didn't spill. This could have been Paige. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Before we get on with the rest of your super chats, let's go through our pledge hammers on Patreon. Thank you, Marcus. He's got Soul Campbell. It's a football joke. Yeah, very nice. Whoa. Got Soul, but he's not a soldier. Forsaken Angel, Corey Cobain. Thank you. He can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. I'm oh, sure yes. he can. Infinite Crisis, Chris Thank you for the mallet that, you know, has been sent back, but we will get it eventually. Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. There he is. Not clean. Uh, The second coming, Kev Jr. Woohoo. Thank you. All-star Chuck Turner. Hey, now. Uh, Let's have a drink, Chris Merriman. One day. One day when we can go back to pubs. Becky's favourite brother, James Lynch. Congratulations on being an uncle, yeah. The Dijon Mustard. Woohoo. Dijon Mustard. The hitchhiker Micah Knab. Micah Knab, Micah Knab. And lastly, Duncan. Just Duncan. Thank you very much. And also a big thank you as always to our terrific moderators, Garage Art with a V Les, Bumhead Rob, and I'm sure the mod mother's in there. As per usual, thank Cheers, you. I've just seen her there. All so much. Gabriel Caruso, alert, says, I was genuinely excited to see the Sean Spears news. I think it would be a great new direction for his character, as I feel the chairman has gone stale. What are your what? thoughts? Not only that, but like we've kind of lost out on his search for a tag team partner as well. Like it just feels like, like it, unfortunately, Sean has had a lot of stop-start gimmicks. You know, we had the, the the chairman, as you say, then we had the looking for the tag team, about the search for Spears, the tag team partner thing. Then he was this sort of like unhinged guy during the tapings, using the sharpshooter and stuff. And now he's this news anchor guy instead. And it's... It feels like he's had a lot of ideas, but none of them have really stuck as of yet, which is a shame because I thought the one that he was doing during the tapings was really good. Well, I don't see them as as sort of mutually exclusive. I reckon you could do this. This this isn't a newsreader gimmick. It's just a, oh, no, a no, skit no. that he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, uh, DJ the second. what match do you think will headline on Saturday? Uh, the title match, Mox versus Lee. Totally agree. Fritz XXI long barcode style name. I really hope Private Party win on Saturday. They were my favourites during the first tag tournament. Have been sad that they have not been that featured recently. I think it's going to the best friends. I think you want to build that best friends hangman page at Omega Showdown, particularly now the page is back. Definitely. Michael Dominguez, doesn't Adam Cole's contract end this year, baby? 
Does it now? I don't know. I haven't heard that. I think he's very happy in NXT. Yeah. I don't see him going anywhere. Uh, Rangers Mayhem. Paige came running from the woods. That's a bit uh, being the elite reference. Nice. That's where he's been. opened with a really nice video package hyping Double or Nothing, and it just said to me, like, oh, I'm excited about this show. Same here, but I'm so excited for this Saturday. And it opened with the inner, a sort of cold open with the inner circle showing up outside the arena in a limo, and they just told Alex Marvez to, to do one. Shut your ass, Marvez. Uh, and they're going to beat up the elite tonight. Love shut your ass as a phrase. It's so good. And then Brody Lee opened the show proper by cutting a promo on the ramp and saying he's picked number 10. You know, the, the mm. new recruit with the sort of slashes on his chest to indicate 10 to fight John Moxley. And that was a mistake because John Moxley destroyed him. Yeah, I mean, I thought the actually 10's little like flurry that he had was pretty good. Like, yeah, he showed off some pretty cool moves. But yeah, this is all about John Moxley killing this poor dude. Nailed him with a paradigm shift out of nowhere, then hit him with like a gotch pile driver, and then hit him with another paradigm shift to get the win. Um, yeah, I thought it made Moxley look badass. And you know, some people said last week, why didn't Moxley run after Brody Lee when he left? Well, he explained that right here. He picked up the microphone and said, I'm not gonna run after you like a geek in the back. You 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 have something in mind, I want you to bring it to me. It actually made him feel way more badass because he's like no, no, I'm not coming out with you. That's mine. You bring it to me now. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was a really, really good way to take it. I, I, I'm surprised I've never seen that before. It's always stupid babyface runs to the back into an obvious ambush. So this was cool. And Moxley got two chairs. He was sort of going to concerto number 10's arm and said, if you don't come out here, Brody, I'm going to you know, break this guy's arm who you like. And Brody Lee appears on the screen and just says, no, nah, I'm not going to yeah. do that. And he we've walks all, off with the belt. We've all got sacrifices to make. So I'm leaving. Yeah. But it was cool. And, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Moxley goes, cool, see you on Saturday. Bop and bops this guy in the arm with the uh, in the chair with the arm. What? No, he's with the chair in the He broke his you arm. You got this. I got this. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I I like this. I you yeah. know that's that is a heelish move, but I think it it works within that badass baby face mold. I like that. Completely. Yeah. Uh, we actually we had a chat on uh, a, a you know a, a call. Um, well, I think it was an office call we had yesterday. It might have been, in fact, where uh, you know everyone else in the office was saying that John Moxley is the worst member of the Shield, and um, I just disagree. I just hmm. disagree. Um, I just think he's awesome. MJF versus Marco stunt up next uh, announced last week, and it was it was all really for MJF to just throw Marco stunt around. Be cocky to build the match against Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt's partner, uh, at this Saturday's pay-per-view. But MJF is so good. He's so heelish, so arrogant and cocky. He's doing all the over-the-top spots. He's strutting, he's stalling, he's posing. He's making Marco Stunt eat his own boogers, which let Marco Stunt get in yeah. and actually have a really fun, believable comeback. Marco's really good at what he does. He is someone who gets his role and he is excellent at that role. 
I know a lot of people don't like Marco Stunt, and I think that that's to, it's to each their own. I think he's really great at what he does, and he's so believable in what he does, and it totally gets over. I'm I'm a big fan of Marco. I think he's got a lot of talent about him. There's a lot of parallels with his gimmick to Orange Cassidy's in that you've, you've really got to treat it quite sensitively. You can't give him too much because then, you know, it, it will undermine other wrestlers. But matches like this, where it's all based around uh, Marco Stunt using his quickness, using his size as an advantage to get out the way of MJF, MJF goes crashing into the steel steps. I love that MJF is, is a pretty, really good sound wrestler. But yeah, you just never get to see it. He, he, it's almost like he doesn't let you cheer him for being just a good wrestler. The yeah. way he took the bump into the steel steps, I was like, man. His, sell, his selling, my favorite moment of this match is when Marco Stunt slides out the ring and MJF catches him in the ring apron to be like, ha, 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 I've got you. And he goes to club him down with his forearm and Marco ducks. So MJF hits the apron, the hardest part of the ring. And he comes up with this big wacky sell of, ah! Like, <laughs> and that's when he then runs into the steel steps. It was, it was comedy, mm. but it didn't feel like MJF was losing anything and was made to look like an idiot. It's just that's how Marco was getting offense on him. I, I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, it, yeah it, was, it was very, very solid. And and that's that's a big compliment. That's not a that's not a slight. Uh, but MJF won in the end with the salt of the earth armbar. Really like that. And he punches Marco with the diamond ring, and Jurassic Express chase them off. Yeah, no, solid build for his match against Jungle Boy on Saturday. Um, then we got another pay-per-view building segment. We got Jake the Snake coming out to have a back and forth with Arn Anderson to build the Cody versus Lance Archer match. Um, you know, we've said our piece already. I feel uncomfortable having Jake the Snake and JR there. I think it's, you know, it's a risk not worth taking because sure, I'm going to miss him, but we sure don't need him on these shows. You can just do a pre-film thing. And I also think it's socially irresponsible because it sends a message to people that stuff like this is safe and there's there's not bigger concerns going on. Anyway, even with all that to one side, I still thought this, that while both guys are still cool, I respect them a lot. The promo was rambly. They lost their way. They Jake the Snake got distracted by Mike Tyson, even though he wasn't even there. This would have been a fantastic backstage pre-film sit-down. Why did yeah. they do it in the ring? Yeah, no, you're right. I think this could have been filmed, yeah, as like, yeah, you're absolutely right. As a pre-filmed backstage thing, like a sit-down interview with JR, you know, sort of mediating the, the chat, you know, or, or Shivani sort of mediating the chat between them, you're right. And like, I know that everyone is being tested. I know they're being like as safe as they possibly can, but I, I'm with you. I, I think sometimes there aren't risks that are worth, you know, we're not going into the office. You know, I'm, I'm, I am still, I am still in lockdown. Uh, I'm not going to the beach. Uh, you know, like some people in this country, or queuing up. See that video of like the massively long car queue to get to a McDonald's drive-through. Mm. Idiots. Anyway, I did quite like this segment. I actually, I, I quite, I like the start of it at the very least. You're right. They did get a bit rambly towards the end, and they did lose their way a little bit. But I did kind of like the sort of like the the the. the banter that they had at the start talking about how it's a dream match you know like saying we've crossed paths many times but it's you know weird how we've never actually had that match what a dream match it would have been 
but now we kind of get to have it via our sort of like respective people coming in. Um, and Jake says that Lance wants to knock Tyson out and says that Cody has to win on Saturday. And it was, we talk about this on the AEW predictions video that's going to be going out later on today. I was like 100% sure that Lance Archer was winning this until Arn Anderson's promo. And Arn Anderson made me believe that Cody could win. And he's now made me want to see Cody win. So for as flawed as the segment was, and for as um, irresponsible as the segment was, Arn Anderson made me believe, man. So I've got to give it sort of a half thumbs up. That, that seems like a, a mark of respect, though, for Orange Cassidy. <laughs> uh, I've just remembered after you said AEW predictions that that means, folks, no NXT review today on the YouTube channel. Adam Blombier and Chopper Pequenel will still be doing one. It's just in the medium of audio on the WrestleTalk podcast feed. So if you yes. go to the WrestleTalk podcast feed on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, we're holding out for that $100 million exclusive Spotify deal. I mean, we should ask for 120 at least if little Joe Rogan, low Rogan, can get that much. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, you can see any podcast there, but YouTube kind of doesn't let you to three uploads in, in a day. It's it's sort of it doesn't notify people if you do any more of more than that. So it, we're just doing the news from earlier show and the prediction show uh, yeah. up shortly. So if you want to listen to NXT, not that the AEW audience does, maybe you do. Hopefully you do. Spread the love. Uh, you can listen to that on podcast. And there's uh, after, stuff on those podcasts as well. After the Arn and Jake segment, we got a really cool short film. Usual Darby Allen style, black and white, janky piano. He's playing poker with people, like other members of the casino ladder match, uh, wearing the printed out face masks. And there's a ladder on fire, which was a really arresting image I found. Yeah, it was. Like, it's, you know, is it symbolic? Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it, I, I, I like Darby Allen's short film degree that he's currently studying and, and, is, <laughs> and is showing us the <laughs> he just keeps showing us his coursework it's very lovely mm. yeah it's it, when it starts ending with finn running <laughs> across the screen in tiny letters that's finn, when that's it's time to... oh uh, and after that we got another character vignette you know these are different from promos they're not interviews they're not like tours around the house what i love about AEW is they design the filming style based around the character. NXT used to do this really well as well. And it, it's been a trope for in other promotions outside of WWE for a long, long time. WWE even used to do it themselves with the Mr. Perfect skits. But every vignette feels like it's the character making them. So yeah. we got, you know, the Darby Allen ones, the Bubbly Bunch ones, and this just tremendous promo from Pac... This paranoid. It, it cuts between there being two of him in different costumes. It was all it said live in the corner, like it was a live feed from this kind of old desert, abandoned church building. I, I thought this was excellent. That was really good. Um, it's yeah. You know, he basically did your Drake Maverick uh, Inception thing that you did on the news today. <laughs> That's where I got it from. Did you think of that? 
<laughs> oh well, I, was, I didn't. I, it was only until now I'm looking back and I was like, oh yeah, there's that moment where he's standing like next to each other, like one of them's in a suit, the other one's in his wrestling gear, and going like, oh hello. I thought this was really quite effective. I thought this was amazing, really, really cool stuff. And then, you know, again, we haven't seen Pack in a long, long time since the since the lockdown measures. So really, really cool to see him here. Mm. He was building his death triangle stablemate Phoenix against Orange Cassidy and sort of putting over his chances for the Casino ladder match, which I liked. That was a good use of Pack, and that went straight into. Hello, hold on. Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. <laughs> Ollie Davis has put sunglasses on for podcast listeners, and he's giving the thumbs up. Yeah, this was. When it was written down on paper, next week you're going to get Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. So I was like, well, I mean, that's easily. You've got to watch that match, surely. You've got to tune in and watch that match. It was so much better than I ever thought it could have been. This was absolutely amazing. I'm also slightly concerned because, oh, there it is. The full thumbs up has gone for a moment there because you've had a lot of technical issues on this stream. You've been glitching out a lot. I was like, oh, I have. yeah. I was like, oh, he's not actually frozen, is he? Oh, and I'm going to try and carry this again. But yeah, no, I thought this was uh, this was awesome. Yeah, the uh, uh, this was really, really good. Obviously, it should have been Pentagon, not Orange Cassidy. Uh, but the uh, he AEW have booked Cassidy masterfully, and it was only in this match that I really realized what they've done, and that is they've not just made him a TV ratings draw, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, Orange Cassidy matches have been needle movers in that more people have tuned in to watch them and stayed. But he also now feels like he can wrestle actually credible non-comedy wrestlers and I get invested in the drama of the match. Yeah, it is genius. It is absolutely genius stuff. And his work with Phoenix here, like... Like Phoenix is fast. He is a quick dude. Cassidy was keeping up with him. Like in terms of like when he was dodging those kicks and stuff, it was he was lightning fast. One of my notes I've just written here was just like so many reversals because I couldn't keep track of everything they were doing. These wicked tornado DDTs, the top rope diving DDT for the near fall, the sunset flip powerbomb reversal into an air raid crash. It was just insane. And he does a lot of it with his hands in his pockets. Like, it was just... I thought it was amazing. So great. Yeah, it's got me to the point where... I, it's not that I, yeah, I... Of course, I'm looking forward to his comedy in the Casino Ladder match. I'm looking forward to watching him wrestle in the Casino Ladder match now. And if he won, I... I... I yeah. kind of want to see him wrestle John Moxley for the AEW World title. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I could. So, I would love to see him versus Marks. That'd be so much fun. Um, after that, we got the sort of big brawl that we've already discussed, where Phoenix threw himself off the top of the uh, the top rope, and the women's tag match, which we've also already discussed. Uh, Mox is backstage. He says he's going to beat Brody this Saturday. Then we got the Sean Spears fake news thing which we discussed in the super chats but he sort of announces in, in a fake news style that dustin rhodes has retired and then he calls out dustin rhodes for a match this saturday i thought this was a really inventive fun way to set up a random match for the pay-per-view 
I, I really loved his line because he's, you know, sort of about how Dustin Rose has retired, which is a hard pill to swallow. But you'd have thought after years of swallowing pills, it wouldn't be that hard for you. Which I thought was a wicked little like digging line. That was really, really good. Mm. And the main event was Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Uh, so this was this was interesting. And I, I was sure that Sammy was winning this. With the amount of times you get kicking out of moves, I was for <laughs> sure that Sammy was winning. Because Matt Hardy, you know, broken Matt Hardy is a bit unhinged. He tries to eat people. And as we saw in the Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara TNT tournament match, people wrestle as the heel against Sammy. Where, you know, both Darby and Matt in their respective matches with Sammy have gone after Sammy's injured foot. He he sort of broke a, a bone in his foot earlier this year, but he still wrestled through them. He hasn't really lost a step either. And they remove his boot. And that's what happened to, to Sammy again here. And he just wrestled like in the previously, Sammy has Sammy always does his arrogant, cocky heel shtick, and that's really what sets him apart. Uh, where you, even though he's doing these impressive high flying things, you're always still like, oh, you're such a bad guy. But here he didn't. He just wanted to beat Matt Hardy, and he was a total babyface in this match. It's, it's, I didn't really pick up on it that way, but I wonder if it's just laying the groundwork for that future babyface turn that Sammy's going to have when he turns on Jericho. And maybe, yeah, like it, it kind of shows that he can definitely do some really good stuff as a babyface. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we got the brawl outside into the, the stadium and... The final shot, we kind of spoke about it, but we didn't talk about the branding. Uh, the, the camera pans back after the inner circle of backed off, and it's got the elite everywhere again. So the elite is written on the gra like the grass. It's on all the screens behind them. But of course, Hangman Page is walking off. There's disunity there. And it's just such that that mirrors directly the closing shot from two weeks ago where the inner circle all stood tall together in front of the stadium with their name all on the Titantron stuff and they were celebrating unity. It's just such an incredible bit of visual storytelling. The, the attention to detail is very much appreciated from me. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And you know what? I really enjoyed this episode of AEW. I thought this was an excellent go-home show for a pay-per-view because it got me excited for basically every match on yeah. the card. Like, and that's that's a sign of a good go-home show. I was excited for it anyway. Now I'm really excited to see it, particularly that stand, stadium stampede match. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm mm. really, really looking forward to this Saturday show. Yeah, I agree. Four out of five show. Uh, let's get on with the rest of the su su super chats. Star Train twenty four. The Jake Arm promo was awful. I turned it off. Yeah, harsh review. Yeah, I thought it wasn't great. Way. No, Matthew Robinson. Gotta love the story angle of John Moxley not going to chase them, then through the back, but just threatened to break Ten's arm. What do you guys think? Gotta love the story angle of John Moxley not going to chase them. Through the oh, back. Through, you know, the, through the, the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was, that was me misreading it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. Really, really liked it. And as I said, like, I think it's great storyline justification for why he didn't go after them last week. 
Yeah, smart baby faces. We need more of them. Well, I guess we've got True McIntyre, who also very much is. Matthew Robinson, Orange Cassidy and Phoenix. Oh, my God, great. It really was. I'm going to watch it again. Uptown Avondale. Britt keeps getting injured in ring. Did she kick a puppy at some point? It's done lucky, I think. And that would be a heel move, though. <laughs> Justin Anzaludere. Unless Pack is the mystery competitor, Darby has to win the ladder match. Darby is my win outside of the mystery competitor, but for me, that mystery competitor is Drew Gulak. Yeah, click, uh, watch our predictions video up later on to hear more thoughts on that. But it is weird that they didn't lean more into the mystery vacant participant yeah. for this this Saturday's show. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, Sean Spears' tag partner, calling it now Raven. Do you know what, Christopher? If you just keep calling, everything is going to be Raven one day. One day. It wasn't a Dark Order leader, but maybe. Maybe it could be Spears' tag partner. Mirror Shield. Who do you think will be the first AEW champion that wasn't a former WWE employee, excluding Omega? Well, you know, Jericho, because none of them are employees. (laughs) But to give the less Saki answer, what do you think? Well, I was going to say Omega. I don't know why I can't say Omega. Well, you can't say Omega. It's part of the question. No. But I want to say Kenny. <laughs> I'll say Hangman Page. Hang, I was going to say Hangman Page. Miguel 8A. Seeing as Brit is injured, what match do you think they will put to replace it on Saturday? Well, Big Swole's around. So you could always just have Statland come out and issue an open challenge and have Big Swole answer. Matthew Robinson. I hope at one point we get Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. Oh, big boy match. Big, big boy match. I really want it to be the Butcher, though. Yeah, he was at ringside. Yeah, he looked awesome. Like, yeah, he looks so good. <laughs> what a cool style. Uh, Dippioti Pool, I think we will never get two women's matches in AEW. Well, they did have the temerity to try and have two women's matches in 2020, and look where it got them. Uh, do you want to take over? I will do indeed. This is uh, general wrestling related. Michael Dominguez said, Lee leaving 10 and Moxley holding hostage a Saudi ref, uh, a Saudi reference. Uh, oh right! <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure it was, but uh, yeah. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat says Tamatonga seemed to be teasing something, posting pictures of the Elite Bullet Club versus the Elite in a "Don't call it a war games match" would be awesome. It definitely would, but uh, Tamatonga teases a lot of stuff. He likes to work the internet, so I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, Wrestle Talk related. Davin Rajan says Quizlemania round list of words or phrases Vince McMahon doesn't like. I mean, it changes the constantly basis. changing. Yeah. yeah, Eric Martinez, loving the content, guys. Keep it up. Insert Shane Douglas laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> you are a, you are a true fan if you know that reference. Because <laughs> we had the podcast out on Monday, which was the TNA Unbreakable uh, review, which is, I would say, sixty percent of us just doing Shane Douglas. <laughs> 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 Dave Humphreys. <laughs> uh, hi, Ollie, Luke, and the team. Oh, congrats on retaining, Luke. I'm a former Patreon here, but I'll be back once I'm working again. Would you agree that AEW are still showing WWE how to put on a no-fan show? Stay safe. You stay safe, pal. Yeah, I think so. They've, you know, the WWE, for whatever reason, aren't putting the wrestlers out in the crowd. Yeah. If you're going to do it, if you're going to be unsafe and put on a show, you might as well, you know, the horse has already bolted at that point. Put the wrestlers in the crowd. Uh, Patrol Ron 6 says, if you see Haku in person, are you going to run away in fear? 
I think I would just fall to the ground and hope he already thought I was dead. Because he'd <laughs> find you. <laughs> and lastly, from Matthew Robinson, OMG, watching Rose come down on Britt Baker's leg. It does not look good. I hope she can recover okay. Crazy people get hurt as soon as women get stories. Crazy people get... Oh, crazy how people get hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just unfortunate timing. you, you got to think, like, people are... I, I don't know if there's an element of ring rust there as well. You know, Ray Phoenix as well. It's not like the women were the only one botching on the show. I know I said that we should focus on the mailbag for the outro. But I just want to get this in there because I've got a new hobby and I've suddenly become okay at it. Poker! Oh, <laughs> you know, playing yeah. poker, are you? With my friends for money online and nice. it's a really good way to hang out hmm. because you know i don't know about you but when i talk to my friends it's awkward when we're not doing a game a competitive like sort of thing or quiplash or something to that effect i uh, so, saw a uh, an instagram post the other day uh because i'm on the instagrams um following a lot of podcast threads you know for my my hashtag other projects and the person there had put up saying, like, I'm pretty sure podcasts were invented for men in their 30s to have an hour long conversation with their friends. It's like, yeah, pretty much. Like, that's it's why I do it. I've got I mean, I talk to my friend Ash so much more now because we've got a Games Master podcast to record every week. Exactly. Yeah. We can't just ring each other up and have a nice chat about stuff. How you doing? We need there to be content yes. or the promise of victory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm chatting with my brother a lot these days because um, we're playing Star Realms together on mm. Steam, um, and we just sort of have like a little WhatsApp video, so we can just have a little chat, catch up, and play Star Realms, which he's annoyingly got really good at. It was a, there was a period of time it was my game, and I was really good at it, and now and I kept beating him, and now annoyingly he's just got good at it. When you ranked like, when you ranked like third in the world by default. By default, I was in the top 10 players in the UK, yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm nowhere near that in poker terms. But after coming last on Saturday, to the extent where I was out in 55 minutes and I had to stick around for another two hours, five minutes to watch <laughs> everyone else play because I didn't want to miss out, I went down to the final two and uh, it's quite fascinating. Online poker, you can see the trajectory, the graph, the stats afterwards. Mm. And, oh, the death spiral hit me hard. <laughs> I was this on this magnificent upwards trajectory from about half an hour in all the way through to the last 20 minutes. And then it went down to just me and my friend. And I, I lost all my money over 10 minutes. Oh. <laughs> It is like an off a cliff thing, but yeah, interesting. Death spiral. It's yeah, a, it's it's the next evolution of the death triangle. <laughs> I can't do poker, but the idea of doing uh, sort of online Uno does very much appeal to me, and it's not just because Xavier Woods plays it. Uh, so I might suggest that to my friends see if they all fancy playing a game of Uno on Steam. What an all put a tenner in each. Oh, not for money, mate. Didn't it for didn't it for the larks? Didn't it for the funds? It's not for money, and you're no. not going to make a podcast show out of it. <laughs> maybe we will for that one. Maybe we will do a podcast out as well. We'll all just record ourselves like individually, and then I can just sync them all up. And it's four friends playing Uno and talking trash, 
And yeah, that sounds like a great podcast. Four friends play Uno. I'm, yeah, I'm there's got to be a I'm, better pun in there. I'm writing that one down. Yeah, well, there's a better pun. Get in touch. Luke at WrestleTalk.com if you can think of a good name for that podcast. Uno for all evil Uno. <laughs> good Uno. Yeah. Uno for all. Mm. Mm. I'll work on it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I got an email in my inbox that was dated March 4th. Now, the only reason I wanted to bring that up is because we were still in the office on March Oh, 4th. wow. Um, and this kind of feels like, because this was back in the day of Blue Collar Dreaming. Uh, Reese got in that touch seems, with Dave. Those sorts of lofty dreams seem like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah, I almost didn't read it out, but I wanted to like lift our spirits again. It came in from Reese, who said, Good afternoon, Podmaster Luke. And I'm assuming, Ollie, in overpriced joggers. Joggers in an office? Are you mad? God, remember those days? Remember the days of us talking about jogging bottoms? I was ahead of the time <laughs> wearing joggers for work. I think that's the standard dress code now. Uh, I hope this email finds you well. You talk of dream realistic jobs fascinated, uh, fascinated me and it got me thinking of what mine would be. Now, I do fear giving the name of this segment I have done slightly wrong as I'm distinctively a white collar person working as an account administrator currently with little desire to leave the safety of desk job life. But here goes. My realistic dream would be to run a small theatre. Nothing major. God knows I couldn't handle that stress of something in the West End, though that could be lovely in its own way, with seats of just a few hundred audience members per performance. That have, um, uh, But having been involved in musical theatre in my youth and a lifelong fan of running a space where people can come and enjoy something that has brought me joy all my life, working with theatre companies to create their, uh, working to create their vision and getting paid for it always seemed nice to me. Anyway, thanks for letting me join in on this little thought exercise. Keep up the consistent work, you lovely lads. Kind regards, Reese. That's a lovely idea. I'm going to improve it for you. You want to add a pub to it. You want it <laughs> yeah. to be a pub and the upstairs is a sort of, you know, very small theatre. A couple of hundred people is a lot, but uh, maybe you want to go for under 100, you know, 50 yeah. to 100 capacity up there. And, you know, it could be a bit of a theatre pub. <laughs> We've got one in Morthamstow. I believe it's called the Rose and Crown. I saw um, my friend MP Stella McCreasy there. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Uh, I want to read out this email from Valerie, uh, who says, Hey, WrestleTalk gang, crew and or club. First off, I just want to say, uh, hope that you're all keeping safe and keeping your sanity during these uncertain times. Little backstory, my husband actually got me into your videos and once I started watching when Luke started making more appearances. I want to thank you guys for putting out your reviews in podcast form as it makes it a lot easier for me to listen to as I clean the house at night while our two-year-old son and seven-month-old daughter are sleeping, especially for the self-quarantine podcasts. Thank you. New one of those went out on Monday. It was our review of TNA, uh, TNA Unbreakable 2005, which I accidentally published as TNA Unstoppable. 2005 <laughs> because we just reviewed nxt unstoppable 2015 uh i caught it quickly uh anyway i'm i have a question which is not wrestling related i've heard you briefly talk about your schooling in varying degrees i myself have a bachelor degree in social work and have worked with many different communities i want to know the following what you studied in school do you utilize your degree in your current profession and did you ever think that you'd be making your life reviewing wrestling videos on youtube thank you from val huh uh, so my, uh, I went to Dartford Grammar School for boys, not for girls. They're stinky. Uh, and I, what did I do? I did chemistry, English, drama, maths and biology. Really crashed hard on maths and biology. 
that like the, the jump from GCSE to A level for maths is just cruel. <laughs> uh, chemistry I did okay in and drama and English. And then I stud I, I went, you know, off the back of that, went to study film uh, <laughs> for my BA. I much preferred the theory side, weirdly, to the practical elements, which was just so messy and just demanding. So I, I pursued academic film studies for my master's and then haven't really touched it since. Although I guess I kind of that's how I approach the wrestling reviews from a from a theoretical standpoint. How about you, Luke? Um, uh, well, I did the usuals, English, math, and science. <laughs> did way better at math than I thought I was going to. My math teacher predicted that I would get no higher than a D, and I got a B. So eat that, Mr. Adams. Um, and I also uh, did drama and... Well, A-level, I did drama and media studies. I remember that much. I think I did history. I remember. I didn't do very well at school. Four Bs, one C, three Ds, and a U. Got a U in graphics because I can't draw. I was praising your acting talents to my lady partner yesterday oh, after because you know we, we all know you're a good actor and oh, but I think that was your best performance yet we did no rolls barred the no rolls barred one shot uh, yesterday recorded and which will be up next week uh, for patreons and then for everyone uh, next Sunday not this Sunday and you can see Luke play a bad guy. I play a baddie, which is essentially Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I was really looking forward to doing the Wild West. So yeah, so go find No Rolls Bad over on wherever you get your podcast from, because there'll be a new episode dropping on Sunday. But that is all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. The NXT show will also be up today. We've got the magazine show tomorrow with myself and Laurie, and then on Sunday, our review of AEW Double or Nothing. 2020 uh, with myself and Laurie and it's back to business as usual take care I love you goodbye hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.